This is a place. This is a place. This is a place. We want to talk about. This is a place. Thank you for tuning in to This is a Place podcast. My name is Brandon, and I'm here with Nate, who once ate eight hamburgers in one sitting. That's right. I love my hamburgers. And as you know, I can eat. I can definitely eat. So why did you eat eight hamburgers in one sitting? It was my, uh, I believe my older sister's um, graduation party and or birthday or something like that. It was a barbecue at my parents' house and just regular hamburgers with the fixings. And I think by the time the party was done, I ate around eight hamburgers. I can do that. And I've also eaten seven of the Golden Arches double cheeseburger. What do they call them? Silly Max, Big Max, in one sitting before. So that's impressive. That is very impressive. That one I wasn't trying to do it, but they were like ninety nine cents. I can definitely eat. It's a it's a surprise that I'm not bigger than I really am. Big guy, but I'm not that big. And you said that. You weren't even trying to eat that many. Imagine if you tried. That's true. I've never like money in the food competition. Yes. I did a hot dog eating contest for ESPN radio about 10 years ago. The first competition was three like Costco hot dogs, just the hot dog, not the bun, but whoever could eat the three hot dogs the fastest and whistle the sports center theme Mm -hmm. one. I ate my three hot dogs and whistled before the guy even got one of his hot dogs down. So then we did a full on hot dog eating contest and I can't remember how many I ate, but I barely lost that competition. But that's the first time I've ever like wanted to throw up after eating. (laughs) Well, we're talking about hamburgers. What do you get on your hamburger? I like hamburgers in general. It's hard That's the good thing about hamburgers. When you go to a restaurant you're not familiar with and they have hamburgers on their menu, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to mess up horribly a hamburger, right? Right. But um, I do like the special sauce you get from McDonald's. So I like the lettuce, tomato, pickle, whopper are good. But I do like places that do like special sauce stuff like McDonald's and the place that we're actually talking about today has a pretty good sauce. Wouldn't you say? I would have to agree with you. The Hires Big H at Hires is unparalleled. And you put that nice sauce on it. I do believe when we first started talking about doing a podcast, this was one of the places you mentioned, right? So it's a surprise that we've taken this long to do an episode on Hires. It's only taken about a year. You know? Only a year. So saving it, but um, I'll, I'll be honest. The reason it took so long is I just had to get up the courage to reach out and get someone to come on the episode with us. Kind of learn the inside scoop. Yeah. I even made recently a dream podcast guest list and I put our guest today on that list. So you can scratch that off. 
Dreams do come true, right? Dreams do come true. We could talk at length about the beginnings of hires. It started in 1959 originally, but well before that, there's so much more to the story of hires itself. And as I'm alluding to, there's no better person to tell that than the son of Don Hell, Mark Hell, who was honestly such a gracious, kind guest because we had a lot of technical difficulties along the way, even so much that our whole first conversation from two days ago did not even get recorded. And that was fun. (laughs) It was a dress rehearsal. It was a dress rehearsal. And so he was nice enough to take some additional time out of his day to talk with us and give us the, the full scoop again. So let's have a listen to what our conversation with Mark sounded like. Okay, good. Well, I had a, a good practice run yesterday at for me today. <laughs> I would, if I said that that hadn't happened to us before, I'd be lying. We did, I did go visit um, the Fort Union location yesterday. And so I tried your, your tips you recommended about the burger with the cheese and the sauce. And I was very impressed. Okay, tell me what you had again. So I had the Hires Big H with extra sauce and no cheese. Did you like it? I did, yeah. You're right. It really brought out the taste of the burger more. So, great recommendation. Yeah, it's it's almost like having a burger and a salad at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes cheese gets in the way of the flavors, but I think my father was born in 1917, and I figure they probably opened the grocery store when he was 10 or 12, so it would have been in the early 30s. His family was very, very poor. His mom was pretty industrious, um, and his dad was a good carpenter. And um, so they were just trying to figure out what to do to make a living because they couldn't make a living. They, In fact, they had gone to Idaho years before and lived up there trying to find a way to, to make a living, and that didn't succeed. So they came back to Salt Lake and um, must have either rented or bought a house um, on 5th South and 5th East, and they had a garage. So they decided that they would build a little grocery store in the garage. And so my grandfather, Parley Hale, probably named after Parley P. Pratt, um, built shelves, and they just started it. And um, every year or so, they would expand into a bigger portion of the garage. Um, And then eventually, they uh, built uh, more uh, structure onto the house because you could actually go um, in the back door of the house, from the back door of the house into the store. And, um, and then, the, so you'd, you'd go um, 10 feet to get to work, basically. <laughs> but, so I suspect my father grew up working in the grocery store. And it was just the four of them, the mom and the dad, Parley and Olive, and um, Don and his sister, Cleo. And so they worked at seven days a week and probably seven in the morning till seven at night. And uh, so they never had a vacation. And I think that's where the grocery store, my dad learned all about business and all about uh, uh, being profitable, controlling your costs, controlling, eliminating your waste. So he had gone to California 
and I, I suspect this would have been in the uh, in the 1940 middle 1940s um, that he was probably oh shoot he might have been 30 or 35 um, but he had gone to California. Uh, went to uh, JB's Big Boy and loved it. He thought the sandwich was really good, which is interesting because the the Big Boy had their signature sandwich had a pink sauce as their condiment, uh, just like the Big H has the pink sauce. Um, so he came back to Salt Lake and, and tried to get the franchise, and the franchise had already been let out to another person, um, and so uh, JB's could not um, allow it. And Don, my dad was very disappointed, but then he started thinking, well, shoot, why not, why not just start my own hamburger stand? Um, the name of his book is Opportunity Knocks Twice. You, you know, when one door closes, another door usually opens. And so if um, there's a door there, knock on it and see if it will open. And that's what he did with um, hires. So they built it in 1959. I was just two. Um, um, and um, he built it on the, on the corner of 7th East and 4th South because he had that land acquired years earlier because through the grocery store, many customers would come and go and many customers would come and become his friends. And so he was acquainted with a lot of people. But one of the uh, customers was a real estate guy. And my dad w would ask him about what he does. And then my dad said, hey, if you ever... Uh, find a piece of property that you think would be good, let me know because I'd be interested. And, and then one day he said, hey, I've got some property up on 4th South and 7th East that I th think you might be interested in. So after work, he went up and looked at them, and it was just a neighborhood. It was just subdivisions, and they were probably 25-foot lots. And he looked at it, and he says, um, you know, this is a good deal. So I don't know how much he paid for them, um, but he bought the entire uh, area. In the day, they had a Chevron gas station on the lot, and where Ruby River is now, they had more apartments. Um, so he built the the drive-in right where it is, and he hired an architect. Really didn't know anything, but he 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 uh, thought back on how remarkable it was that the architect was savvy enough to put in two grills one for a dining room area and one for a car hop area. So the two grills could serve as two different sections of the, uh, the dining experience, uh, restaurant or inside dining and car hop. Um, and in the early days, he didn't work in the restaurant. He uh, hired a guy who was the son of someone in his neighborhood named Jerry McPhee. And Jerry was the manager, and then Don would still work at the market because that was his full-time day job. Eventually, it got busier and busier that um, uh, Don decided that he would go up and work the lunch hour uh, to help them out. But even in the early days, when Don was still at the grocery store, they called one day and said, hey, we got an order for like 10 hamburgers. What do we do? And uh, should we open up the other grill? And they, he said, sure, open up the other grill. It might have been 20 hamburgers, but it was a s small amount to for today's standards, but back then it was a lot of hamburgers. And uh, so eventually the business grew. He, Don would say that during the early days it was busy from 12 to 1, but from 1 to 5 it was a ghost town, and then from like um, 7 to close it was a ghost town. 
Um, but they did have a lunch rush and a dinner rush. And interestingly enough, too, um, in, 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 and Don did this for a very long time. They had the restaurant open up till 1 o'clock on Friday and Saturday and 12 o'clock during the week. And um, it, it just was really quite busy. And, and people liked the extended hours. Now, I'm not so sure in retrospect that was smart because you still have to pay the labor um, on those opt hours. And so, um, but anyway, it, um, the business just kind of uh, uh, grew gradually, but it grew. And I think he always made a profit. Um, when my brother and I got in the business, we tried to expand the menu a little bit, but and we expanded it off the Big H, which my dad probably in the 70s introduced a, a new sandwich. Um, and uh, he called it the Big H. And whether it was for hail or hires or hamburger, we don't know. But um, it was a hamburger that they would have in his home. His mother would make this pink sauce which we now call fry sauce, and it was probably a Thousand Island dressing, but it was a um, it was a um, really delicious taste with the meat, um, as uh, people have since loved uh, the Big H. So um, I agree with that sentiment. Yeah, uh, it's just a really tasty combination. And then, so when my brother and I got in the business, we just tried to expand the menu because my dad would have a hamburger, cheeseburger. Um, the big H, chili dog, chili or chili cheeseburger, um, a couple of sandwiches like a grilled ham and cheese, you know, a grilled a tuna and cheese, which back then they called it uh, a tuna a la Troy. Um, so we just added more sandwiches and more variations of the big H, adding meats, which we call specialty H's, or different vegetables, which we call. Uh, gour uh, gourmet H's and some of the popular ones are a New York H which was with grilled onions or a mountain H with uh, grilled mushrooms. Some of the popular meat variations of the big H are a pastrami H or uh, ranch bacon H. And um, so anyway, um, Hires Over Time has just become a gathering place for friends and family from all walks of life. Um, just enjoying uh, tasty food and, you know, homespun um, attention. It's been a real uh, service, uh, uh, a family service to the community. Uh, we all are, we all love food. We all love the, we all love hospitality. It's probably comes from my mom and my dad. Both of them were very hospitable, uh, very um, accepting, um, loving, um, hospitable. Our, our home was always a place for good food and uh, people would always come and visit my, my folks. And so we've tried to run the restaurant that same way and making it um, unconditionally um, accepting to all people. Um, one of the, there's a couple of articles, well, we've had lots of articles written about the Big H, but some of my favorite quotes from some of those articles, um, there was uh, Stacy Kratz wrote in one of her articles, hires like mom's house is always glad to see you and there's always something good to eat. Um, another writer wrote, um, hires pure nostalgia, hires big age to some it may conjure up a simpler era. To most it will probably be a temple of approachable food. I think the one I like the best 
um, tributes my father, and it says, no restaurant type burger here, but what you picture when you and your friends say hamburger, that's what hires does better than anybody. The Hale family makes burgers like we should raise kids. From start to finish, they leave nothing to chance or to the kindness of strangers. Long live the king. And I laugh at that because I think that's just <laughs> such a nice tribute to to what my dad has tried to and has accomplished over the years. So um, from there, we've just we've expanded a couple of times. Um, have a restaurant in West Valley. Have a restaurant in Midvale. We're starting to. Well, we've been for about 10 years trying to uh, market our retail products, ha- uh, hamburger and fry sauce, and root beer extract, cherry flavoring, vanilla flavoring. We're selling those in grocery stores now in the Intermountain West. And so just trying to uh, keep it going and, and hopefully prepare the third generation to carry on what we've tried to do since my father's generation. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. And I don't know if you have it. I didn't see one yesterday, but in the past I did buy that book. You referenced Opportunity Knocks Twice. Can you still buy that in the hires locations? Yes. Yes. And if it's, we should have it out on the counter. And if it's not, just anybody can ask for it. But um it's a really fun read just because it's uh, his life story from start to finish and, and the restaurants were a part of it. But, you know, my dad did a lots of different things. He, he started a stock brokerage firm. He started a used car lot. Um, he uh, became really good at investing in stocks and made a lot of money and lost a lot of money. And um, uh, so he's always enjoyed the market. Um Yesterday, uh, you know, we had a practice run with our recording due to some technical issues, but you shared a story about a book that your father was given as well, right? Oh, great. Uh, my dad had a great sense of humor. He was always uh, trying to remember jokes, and some of them were stupid jokes or corny jokes. He thought they were all funny. <laughs> he did have a he did have a good sense of humor, and um, one Christmas, he had a friend named Bert Todd, who was his best friend. He and uh, my dad and my mom, Don and Shirley Hale, were best friends with uh, Bert and Phyllis Todd, and they did lots of stuff together, uh, did business ventures together and traveled together, and they all loved to golf, and so they took many golf trips. But one Christmas, um, Bert brought a present to my dad, wrapped it up, my dad opened it up, and the title, and it was a book, and the title of the book was uh, All I Know About the Stock Market by Don Hale, um, authoritatively annotated and expertly diagrammed. And my dad was stunned because he didn't know that someone had gone out and written a book about how much he knew about the stock market. So he opened it up and every page was blank. 
representing that he knew nothing about the stock market. <laughs> and my dad laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. And he was so grateful and appreciative of the great joke that his good friend Bert Todd played on him. So um, that, yeah, that, that is a fun story. In fact, we keep that book at, in the cabinet at the Higher Salt Lake store. So if anybody wants to see it, we keep it there. We just thought that was probably the better place to, to have it. Um, my dad loved California. He would, um, we'd often go and, um, and go to the horse races. He loved horses. He let, thought they were beautiful animals. I think he either had a horse or rode horses as a, as a young man. Um, I don't know if it was in Utah or in Idaho where he fell in love with horses, but oftentimes we would go to um, Hollywood Park or Santa Anita and just have a delightful day um, watching the horses run. He was really good at math. Um, and in fact, as kids, he'd always give us uh, math questions. But the re one reason why he loved the horse races is because you'd get a racing form and the racing form would have... Um, the the times for all the horses and so you could figure out how fast one horse would run he would um on his california trips he'd always go out to dinner um and uh oftentimes go to a uh, performance at some of the one of the theaters down there it's usually a live performance um uh speaking about um uh dining out uh, in the 50s and the 60s, most families didn't dine out hardly at all. I mean, you were lucky if you got to go out once a month. And I remember as kids, we always had dinner at home. But when we would go on vacations, my dad would always try to find cool places to eat. And one, two places that he liked in particular was Lowry's in California, which is a prime rib place. You know, so all of us got a feel for culinary art and good food. Um, he, in the old days, the Hotel Utah, which is now the Joseph Smith Building, but it was a hotel. And at the bottom of the uh, hotel was um, the Hotel Utah Coffee Shop. And um, it was just a really fine uh, diner. Had uh, uh, bar stools and you know, maybe 150, 200 seat uh, tables. But it was a, a place for Sunday dinner for a lot of folk. A lot of folks long before the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints reminded us all that maybe we ought not to be shopping on Sunday, patronizing uh, <laughs> businesses on Sunday. So, but in the early days, uh, we were able to go out to, to Sunday dinner, um, and Hotel Utah was one of the ones that we liked, and they did have delicious food. They had wonderful gravies. They had a, a clam chowder soup that was unbelievable out of this world. Um, they still make it today uh, at the roof in the in the buffet at the top of the Joseph Smith uh, Memorial Building, which restaurant they call the roof. And um, but it's really a, a delicious um, clam chowder soup. So um, that's probably covers my dad a little bit. My mom was just as gracious and and uh, charming as my dad. We started. He started Leeds in 1965, uh, ten, five years, six years after, after uh, he started Hires. He had um, 
he had a, a lot uh, that um, Zion's Bank had let him that he leased to Zion's Bank because they were going to um, they were going to um, build a Zion's Bank there, and they came to my dad and said, um, and he, I think he had a twenty-five thousand dollar mortgage on it, uh, and they came to him and said, hey, we don't want this lease that we've entered into, but we're willing to pay you $25,000 to get out of the lease. And uh, my dad said, perfect. <laughs> so he's, he then tells the story that he acquired the the land on which Leeds' Pizzas is on for now for free because um, they paid him 25000 to get out of the lease, and then he took that 25000 and and paid off his loan. So nice. Um, and then the other thing he regrets is the where the Zion's Bank was now uh, was also homes, and he had the homeowner come to him and on Seventh East and Four South come to him and says, "Hey, I this area is becoming too commercialized. I want to sell my house and move out. Do you want to move on? Do you want to buy this uh, corner lot?" And my dad now says he totally regrets. Um, selling that um, because it's it was become so valuable. Um, but he also said, I'll sell it to you for $25,000. And my dad thought, well, I've already got a, a mortgage on my higher Salt Lake building. I just don't want to go, go into that much debt. But he kicks himself every day when he looks at the beautiful bank on 7th East and 4th South and realizes that could have been his um, as well. And then he would have owned two of the four corners of the busiest intersection in the state of Utah and maybe even the busiest intersection in, in the Intermountain West. But uh, the story of Litsa's is a fun story because um, he, uh, there was a pizzeria by our place over in Sugar House where we grew up uh, entitled the Pizza Oven and they had uh, amazing pizza. Their sausage and pepperoni was maybe the best pizza I've ever tasted. And they uh, and they made their own sausage. And I think it was with a blend of, of um, veal and hamburger. And then they would throw in fennel and probably uh, some oregano, some basil. We could never been able to recreate it. But he started thinking, hey, why don't I... Uh, uh, do a pizzeria um, um, on this on some of the property that I have left. This was before he built Leeds's, and and so he would take us as kids to different pizzerias throughout Utah and even into Colorado. I know we went to Denver to try pizza. I know we went to um, uh, Logan to try Federico's up there, and eventually he would gather recipes from here and there and and open it up in. 1965, he had a lady named Mildred Porter who was in his neighborhood. She designed the the restaurant, and I remember opening day. He he opened. Um, it was uh, he invited all of his friends and family and neighbors to come in and have pizza for free because they just wanted to have a, a practice at the dry run. And uh, we all went down there. It was just a, a great night. Um, and then uh, so Lita's uh, did the same thing, kind of slowly took off. I, all of us were, uh, we worked there in high school. I remember coming home 
you know, at two o'clock in the morning after washing dishes from, and this is hand washing dishes because it was before the days of automatic dishwashing machines. Over time, he realized he had to give back to the community and a buddy of his um, uh, I went to him and said, hey, we need some more good people on Salt Lake City Council. Will you do it? And uh, my dad thought about it and thought, you know, maybe I ought to give back to the community. Maybe I ought to do this. Uh, one motivation also was his grand, his father ran for a, le a legislature or a, a city council position and lost. And his friend said, you ought to do this for your father. And so he did. And um, he did uh, become a Salt Lake City Councilman from 1990 to 1994 um, and had a great experience, really was uh, loved that and uh, opened a whole new world to him. Um, but he was not unique. He, he was not new to politics. When he was 25, he um, decided to run for the legislature in his district. And he always had his interest in a lot of different things, like I said, uh, food, restaurants, stocks, travel, um, music. He loved going to New York and uh, uh, seeing Broadway plays. In fact, I remember in high school, he took me to New York um, and uh, we went to probably went to baseball games during the day and then plays at night. And then we'd walk on Times Square um, up and down. And one of his favorite things to do was eat oysters on the half shell, which they had, uh, you know, some of the restaurants on Times Square would have those. We also went to Nathan's uh, uh, Hot Dogs. They had a Nathan stand there that was really good so lots of fun memories yeah and uh, even at even at home my mom would cook different things because my dad liked to dip, try different things so they he would have oyster stew and and uh, one of his favorite sandwiches was um, bread and butter and uh, onion and tomato and he'd have those on Sunday nights and my both my mom and dad would have crackers and milk and bread and milk on on Sunday nights and that was really poor man's food <laughs> and I still have bread and crackers and or bread and milk and, and uh, crackers and milk because my parents did and, and I think that's sometimes that's all you had in your home in the days of the depression that you could afford um, and so that's always a, a fond memory that's just uh, the uh, the breadth of Don's culinary um, experiences from, you know, prime rib at Lowry's to onions and tomato sandwiches <laughs> on a Sunday evening to uh, cheese and crackers or, um, or uh, bread and milk. Um, oftentimes when we'd go to California, and I'm so sorry, I'm just rambling here, but when we'd go to California, he w would have my mom or my mom would pack a lunch and the lunch would consist of milk, cheese and crackers and grapes. And all of us have loved cheese and crackers ever since. I was just going to say, you know, everything you shared about your father, it's really just quite that legacy that he cemented for, not just for you, but for the whole community. Well, thank you so much. It's, um, yeah, I think he loved it. He was, like I said, I've said before, he probably started working when he was 10 and worked every day till he was 90. Um, Saturdays, including holidays, including um, but like I said, he got some breaks cause he loved to travel 
and um, and he I would just I'll just tell you one more quick story. Um, he would get up at four o'clock in the morning every other week and go make the chili that they used at Hires Big H. And every week he changed the recipe, trying to make it better and better. Um, but it was just an industry a tribute to his industry that he didn't care how much work it took to succeed. He was willing to do it. And I'm not so sure he ever um, uh, worked a day in his life because what he did, he loved so much. It never seemed like work to him. And um, the last uh, fun uh, aspect of my dad's life is he loved cars. Of course, he started a used car lot and um, way back when, and I think he, he called it Hale Car Lot, but I'm not quite sure. But every time he um, had a chance, he'd buy a new car, and it seemed like he was buying a new car every two or three years. Oh, wow. and, um, and oftentimes he'd buy two, one for my mom and one for him. <laughs> and, and so when he was a young man, he liked an old man's car, a Cadillac. And then when he got older, he liked a young man's car. So he, he would buy Audis and Lexuses and, and stuff like that when he was an older man. But anyway, that's, uh, that's our tribute to our dear father and mother. And, and I hope uh, it gives the community a chance to get to know Don and Shirley Hale a little bit better. Yeah, and thank you for opening up and sharing all that with us, really peering into, you know, the world you grew up in and and what is behind. Um, you know, sometimes we look at businesses and we just are like, oh, it's a good restaurant to eat at, right? But you don't really understand the work and the love that goes into a place until you sit down and talk with somebody. And that's what we love to do. And thank you again for your, your time, you know, two days in a row you've given us. You betcha. Um, have a, a wonderful day, a wonderful week, and uh, hope to see you at the Big H or the pizzeria sometime. Again, we just have to say thank you so much to Mark for taking the time and effort to uh, do this episode with us and give us all the in and outs about hires. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it was very interesting to learn how it all kind of came to be and the other adventures that uh, his dad tried in his heyday. But one question that I had that we didn't have time to ask Mark was uh, one, what his favorite menu items are, right? And yeah, we, two, did, we did talk about it a little early on because I, I spoke with him and he gave me some recommendations and I went and tried one that he had and that was to have your your hires big H burger with extra sauce and no cheese, because he said that really brings out the flavor of the burger, which sometimes can get taken over by the, the cheese. And so I tried that and it was, a uh, I was hesitant cause I like my cheese, right? But it was, a uh, it was a pretty good, pretty good recommendation. I will say. So is that what he normally orders or that was just his, that was one of his recommendations. He also talked about the chili cheese dog is really something special. He said to make sure it gets extra grilled. He also mentioned the chocolate shake, the chocolate malt, mm-hmm. the best he's ever had. So that was, I, I think I'm missing one other thing he said. But those were the three that stuck out to me. I've never had a chili dog from there, which I need to do still. And I 
I've had a couple malts, but haven't had a chocolate malt. I'm usually not the chocolate shake guy. So one of my youth leaders, he would always talk about malts, not shakes, but malts. And so Hires was actually a place we would go to with our youth leader to get a chocolate malt shake. But what really, what's the difference between a shake and a malt? Malt, malt powder, bro. Just malt powder? Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> well, you've had a Whopper, right? Like right. The, the candy. It's right. That, it's the stuff inside the Whopper, but in just the powder form in the shake itself. But why? Because <laughs> it's delicious. You've never had a malt before? Well, I've had a, a Whopper, you know, and I've had a malt before with him, but I didn't ever realize, like, what's the difference between just a chocolate shake and a chocolate malt shake? Is there really a, that big of a difference? There is. There definitely is. I, I'll i be honest. I don't know what the difference is. I guess it just changes the consistency and a little bit of the flavor. Hmm. But there's a – I when I was a kid, I think for Christmas I asked for a thing of malt powder so that I could put it in my ice cream or whatever at home. Your homemade shakes? Yeah. Cause we had a shake maker when I was growing up. So I love to put the malt powder in it. Cause it just made it all the better. I don't know. And no huh. malts aren't as mainstream as they once were. It seems like kind of to that era that when you walk into a hires, you feel like you're in the fifties. They've got the car hops at some point. They've got pictures of old cars and it's kind of yeah. has that old fifties diner car hop feeling. Right. Absolutely. And that those malts was definitely a part of that era. And you just don't hear about malts as much anymore. But oh, from yeah, the older generation, it's it's always a big deal. Yeah. And I am I'm here for it. I like malts. I took my kids last night, as you know, Brandon, to get a shake. As I know. As you know, because you were stopping me. Um but if I told my kids, hey, let's go get go get in the car, we're gonna go get a malt. They'd be like, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not a, a, a word used anymore, right? Or much anymore. It's more of the older generation. And I'm, I'm surprised sorry. you know. Yeah, because I don't know anything. Well, here's a this is a completely different train of thought and completely unrelated to the episode. Talking about malts. Have you had Malta Goya before? You had that drink? Did you have that when you were in Southern America? Yeah, I don't know if I ever had it, but I know what you're talking about. Maybe I've had it. I've seen it, but I never had it. It is the worst drink ever. I don't even know if it has malt in it just because of the name. That's why I associated it with it. But it is the absolute most disgusting is it like excuse cough syrup? for a drink. It's worse than cough syrup. Because, you know, like in South America, they say root beer tastes like cough yeah. syrup to them. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't And isn't Hires going back to topic, isn't Hires known for their root beer? They are. Yeah, that's one of the big things about Hires. You get a frosty mug. Yeah. Heck yeah. Get a root beer float. Mm-hmm. It's not all about the malts. They also got the root beer floats. That's what well, my that's, wife usually yeah. gets there. Well, it kind of brings you back, well, at least makes me think of like you're talking about the old style diner, right? A root beer float, malt. And then a soda. 
we mentioned there's three locations. There's the Midvale, West Valley, and then the OG on Fourth South, right? It's all the it's all hires and it's all good quality food, but there's something special about going to that original location on fourth. On fourth? Oh, absolutely. I agree. It's the smallest one. You know it's interesting? I don't think I've ever been to the West Valley location. Really? The one that's the Taylorsville one. Taylorsville, yeah, yeah, it's close to us, but every time I go, it's either Fort South or Fort Union. Well, Fort Union growing up, because that was closer to where I grew up. Right. But now, like whenever I go, it's always the Fort South one. So Well, something he brought up when we recorded something that people really like about hires is that's like coming home. It's familiar, it's that down home feeling with the people there and everything. And my family has always gone to hires ever since I can remember many parties that we had at that West Valley location. In fact, cause they have a big banquet room kind of off to the side, but I mean, I spent a couple years outside of Utah and asked me what the first meal I had was when I hopped off the plane. What's the first? Oh, really? Yeah. Mine? So for me, it was really coming home. I come home and that was the first thing I wanted to have was hires because it was familiar to me. I had hamburgers too, but it was at Burger King. Burger King? Yeah, Burger King doesn't even. You were in a different country it. though. So that, yeah, that's fine. But I do, I do like it's, I think the last time I went to hires about four or five months ago. So it was good. Um, one thing I, I really want to go back for is I learned at another restaurant. I like onion rings. Do you like onion rings? From time to time, yes. Time to time, yeah. I like but when it, depe- I it depends get, on the location, right? I like when I get a surprise onion ring. You order fries and then you get the, <laughs> the little surprise bonus. Onion rings? Yeah. You're like, woohoo. What are they called? What is it, what's it called? Thing. Is it... Frunions or something like when you get fries and onion rings together. Anyway, I don't know if I've never had that before. Frunion, I think the Philadelphian calls it something like that, which is another place we need to talk about. Indeed. But um, the other day I was at a restaurant and I got onion rings. The lady told me to. It's a place I've never been before. And then they brought out the onion rings with um, tartar sauce. Tartar sauce. And huh? tartar sauce. It normally goes with like your fish, right? Right. But it changed my life forever. Because now I want onion rings every time I go to a restaurant and I want the tartar sauce. But now I really want to go back to Hires because they have their onion rings are like huge, right? Have yeah. you seen their onion rings? I have. So I want to get onion rings at Hires and ask them to bring out, hopefully they have tartar sauce, which they should because they know they have like fish and chips on their menu, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to go back, get the big onion rings with the tartar sauce and live happily ever after. If you haven't had Hires where it's been a while, Check it out. One of the three locations, the as you hear from our discussion with Mark, really have given a lot to the community. And aside from that, they've got great food. Pick up a copy of the book about Don Hale, the founder. It's a good read if you're in the entrepreneurial mind of things. He shows a lot of good tips. And let's... Let's keep supporting hires as they go on for years to come. Yeah. Hopefully they stick around for a while. So our yeah. kids when the, so we don't lose what malts are. So we don't lose what malts are. 
Mozart. <laughs> Mozart. Mals, Mozart. Mozart. Hey, Nate, what do you call a cow without legs? I have no idea what. Ground beef. <laughs> you know, when it'll be nice when we can have concerts again, I'm really hoping to see Creed. I heard they're planning on coming through Salt Lake on their next tour. But every time they come, you know where they have to eat. And hires. <laughs> <laughs> Can you take me to hires? <laughs> For a malt, but not a shake. <laughs> you're not getting a full song in this episode, but that was enough. Is that, is that where you're going with? That was where is I was going. Yeah. Okay. And you know, if you listen to the classic episode, I saw them at classic skating. Yeah, that's right. So you saw them at classic skating. I sure did. And I left their concert early because I said, these guys are no good. <laughs> <laughs> you were ahead of the curve, my friend. Now I'm hungry again. So appreciate the. Want to go get some cheese fries and some fry sauce myself? Yeah. And some onion rings with tartar sauce. And a surprise onion ring in my order of fries. If anything out of this episode, if one person learns that tartar sauce on onion rings is legit, I could have just changed somebody's life like mine was changed. Thanks for listening to This Is A Place podcast. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>